Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's day two of our live coverage from the MLB Winter Meetings. Bernie Pleskov, Craig Mish, along with Joe Pizzapia. We cover it all for you right now. From the 2019 Baseball Winter Meetings. This is Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish. The Washington Nationals are world champions for the first time in franchise history. Now, let's go live to the Hyatt in San Diego with your hosts, Craig Mish and former MLB scout Bernie Pleskoff. Good afternoon. Welcome in. This is our live broadcast from the Grand Hyatt Manchester in San Diego, California, here on FNTSY Radio. As our fantasy discussion moves from football to baseball this week, we have our live coverage continuing today and tomorrow. If you're on the East Coast, it is noon to 2 here on Fantasy Sports Today. If you're on the West Coast, which we are, it is 9 to 11 a.m. Eastern. And uh, happy to have you aboard here for our second day of coverage as we kind of kick off the fantasy baseball season here from the winter meetings. Uh, We'll be here today. We'll be here tomorrow. And then, of course, we will uh, continue our FST show back on the football side and finishing off the baseball side. Um, We have Bernie Pleskoff here, as we had yesterday, former MLB scout, fantasy analyst, fantasy fan as well. Uh, Joe Pizzapia, my co-host during the week on FST, back in his studio in New Jersey. And Bernie, uh, good afternoon. Welcome to uh, another edition of the show. Fun time yesterday. We got into a lot of the team discussions today, uh, yesterday, and we'll get into some more intricate fantasy discussion today because tomorrow is going to be a very, very guest-heavy uh, show. Today, of course, there's so many meetings going on with executives and teams. It's, uh, you know, a lot of the movement usually happens on this day of the winter meetings. It's usually the Tuesday, so I would expect a lot of activity today. Uh, but first and foremost, welcome back. Had, had a lot of fun out here with you yesterday and happy to dive back into some of the discussion today. Good morning to you and good morning to you, Joe. And I guess I can say this is the sleepy, once again, winter meetings, Craig. Not much ha- happening. And the paint, I guess, isn't dry yet. We just have to wait for the paint to dry, right? Right. Well, I mean, uh, you know, we, we did have one big move yesterday. I mean, that was, yeah. I mean, that's one more than we had all of last year. To but be I think that was expected, wasn't it? I mean, whether every- or not it's expected, we yeah. had something happen. <laughs> I mean, last year I sat in Las right. Vegas at the, at the casino for three days. Right. You know, the Washington is- Nationals have re-upped uh, Steven Strasburg in case you missed it. And, you know, I think there's some risk involved in that because of uh, health injuries and health issues with Strasburg. But the Nationals are rewarding him for having a fantastic year and helping them win a World Series. So good for them. And I still think they're going to be in on Rendon. I may be wrong, but there's a lot of competition out there for, for Rendon at this point. We'll see what happens. Joe, good afternoon. Joe Pizzapia with me uh, Monday through Thursday on Fantasy Sports Today and uh, certainly weighing in on the fantasy discussion. And, uh, Joe, good afternoon to you. What's going on? Yeah, well, uh, very happy to be with you, gentlemen, again. And certainly I would say a big shoe did drop yesterday with that Steven Strasburg signing. 
Uh, slightly curious. You wonder, are they paying for what he did last year as a reward? Are they trying to make yeah. him the greatest Washington national ever and kind of make him that storied figure in the franchise now that Bryce Harper is gone? Because one can argue when Harper left, there was part of an identity crisis possibly there. We know Max Scherzer is aging on. We understand uh, how baseball works. Not everybody's going to play forever. But I did think it was a lot of years for a guy who has only two 200-inning seasons to his credit, one of which was last year in the contract year, and only three 200 strikeout seasons as well because of the limited innings. So I'm curious what you guys think of not only the signing, but also the amount of years he got compared to how many incompletes he has on his record so far in terms of his resume. Well, Joe, and he's injury-prone. That's that's what makes you shake your head and scratch your head. You know, is this guy going to be able to live out his contract? And I guess the insurance policy on him is going to be extensive. And, you know, baseball doesn't pay anymore for what you did in the past. They're paying for what you're going to do in the future. Those days of rewarding people for their past contributions are long behind us. So they obviously think that he is going to take them to another World Series or two because that length is pretty, pretty scary if I'm a general manager. I, I think that what we've had in the past, Bernie, is a lot of contracts that were given out to players, let's say, uh, eight to ten years ago. Albert Pujols. That's the perfect Miguel example. Cabrera. Mm-hmm. Right. right. Justin Verlander. I mean, these were players that were given contracts for what they uh, have done in the past. That's right. And not th- what they would do in the future. Ryan Howard is another one of those on the Philadelphia Phillies. To me, this is the first contract in a while that is in that category. That I don't think there is any chance that whether it's a fantasy league or reality, that when Steven Strasburg, Bernie, is 39 years old, that they're going to still be paying dividends on that deal. But but this is a good sign, I think, for baseball yeah, that this it, is getting done. Because even if the contract doesn't work out, it, it, it shows that teams aren't crying poor. Right. And we're, we're tired of hearing that. Fans are tired of hearing that. Tired of hearing the Cubs say, well, look, we can't afford to – you know, to keep these guys around like Chris Bryant, etc. Please give me a break. There's plenty of money to go around in baseball. It, it is. Uh, it's not the attendance. It's the TV contracts. We can go over all of that, but the money is there, and the Washington Nationals have signed it. Yep, and uh, certainly there is an update on Anthony Rendon this morning, which we will get to coming up next in the opening drive. We'll discuss uh, his possible destination. Uh, Also, a little bit later in the show, we're going to try and construct the first look at a 2020 fantasy baseball draft. We understand it's certainly very early for that, uh, three months away really from having to start drafting outside of a lot of best ball drafts. And, of course, we'll discuss that strategy as well. And also, don't forget, if you're listening to us live on the Fantasy Sports Network app, you can also listen to us on TuneIn and iHeart. Whether you're in the car or wherever you're traveling to, just pop open one of those apps and you can listen live. On demand, you can subscribe to our show in the iTunes Store, Google Play, or Android. Also, Stitcher is a great app that you can download the show. And remember, these shows get sent automatically to you if you subscribe to the show. Make sure you like, rate the program as well. Any of the programming that we do, always on demand 24 7 right here on the Fantasy Sports Network. So we'll take our first time out here uh, on our second day of coverage from the winter meetings in San Diego. Coming up next, it's time for the opening drive. It is Bernie Pleskoff, Craig Mish, along with Joe Pizapia here on FNTSY Radio, and we'll be right back.
NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Fantasy Sports Today presents First play from scrimmage The opening drive The first play of the game Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It is time for our opening drive live from the winter meetings in San Diego. Today is December the 10th, 2019. In just a couple of months, we'll be shifting over to a lot of fantasy baseball coverage. Of course, we're still covering the football aspects of things. And at the top of every hour and the bottom of the hour, you're getting updates on that as well. But let's uh, start off with our uh, first down, Bernie. And here at the winter meetings, I'm guessing we got a baseball theme for you. So what do you got for us today here on first down? Well, Craig, I think that we have to in the in the world of fantasy baseball just like the game that's played on the field it's a game where you have to analyze data and information and we have some new managers in baseball and we don't have the data we don't have the information we don't know if they like to steal bases we don't know if they like to hit and run so the best thing we can do is watch a little bit in spring training to see how David Ross handles the Cubs and Carlos Beltran handles the Mets, Jace Tingler with the Padres and Derek Shelton with the Pirates. These are unknowns to us and we have to get as much information as we possibly can about how they run their games. And if you want to get the edge in fantasy, it's that data, it's that information That'll put you just a little bit ahead of your competition. So my first down right right now today, watch the new managers. Yeah, and that's a good point, Bernie, because you you simply don't know what is going to drive the bus there. Uh, You know, Joe Madden in the past would use sometimes the pitchers batting eighth, the hitters batting ninth. That could construct a lineup, which could help you from a stolen base point of view in fantasy, also from a runs point of view. So we'll certainly have to pay attention to that especially Jace Tingler in, in, the, in San Diego, who nobody really has a clue Absolutely. about. And they have a dynamic lineup and a changing lineup, but nobody seems to have any idea what he's going to be as a manager. Okay, so for second down, and, and I'll go next, let's get to the news of the day, which uh, Ken Rosenthal reported about an hour ago, that the Washington Nationals indeed were in on Anthony Rendon right but apparently according to uh, his report some of the money very similarly how they handled the Steven Strasburg deal Bernie uh, was in deferrals of which uh, Rendon according to Rosenthal is not a fan of so (laughs) hence his report says while they can't completely come out and say that they're out on a player and obviously wouldn't be wise to do that to the fan base either it does appear that uh, Anthony Rendon will not be back with the Washington Nationals in 2020. And so, therefore, opening up the door to a lot of other teams. And, Bernie, certainly you can make a case for a lot of clubs, the St. Louis Cardinals, the Atlanta Braves, the Texas Rangers. San Francisco Giants. Giants. These teams that have money are going to end up with someone. 
but uh, certainly the one thing that happens in sports, which is a shame, but it is the reality of the sport that we play in. We've seen it before. The team wins the World Series. They're defending the title, but not defending it with one of their best players. You know, I'm not so sure that the learners will let him leave. I, I'm really not convinced. I, they liked winning that world championship, and he was a major cog there. So even though they say they couldn't sign both Strasburg you know, and Rendon, I wouldn't put it past them. All right. Clearly. Well, we'll we'll, uh, we'll find out in time the, will tell in the coming days for sure. And you know, he is uh, arguably a top two free agent out there right now. He Terrific and, ball uh, player. And Garrett Cole. So that's what we got here for second down. Let's move move over to third down and check in with our third member of our broadcast crew, uh, Joe Pizapia. Joe, what do you got for third down today? Well, for third down, I'm talking about a third baseman named Chris Bryant, a guy that obviously we all know is an all-world talent, an all-star player. But his time in Chicago could potentially be coming to an end. And if it does, and maybe, just maybe, the Washington Nationals would be a good spot. Because I'll tell you what, if you start to look at that Nationals lineup without Anthony Rendon, you realize Ryan Zimmerman is done. And I understand the Steven Strasburg contract from the sense of you have a ton of capital with the fan base right now because you've just come off of a world championship. But... For the sake of Juan Soto owners everywhere in Dynasty Leagues, can we please, as Bernie likes to say, give this man some lineup protection? Because I love Victor Robles as a player. I think he's got a bright future. Trey Turner is a very nice, complimentary player. But taking Anthony Rendon out of this lineup potentially next year is very, very difficult to sell me that this is going to be anything close to the same offense that they were in the second half. Now, maybe Chris Bryant's the guy that fills that, but then you got to empty out the farm system a little bit in order to make that kind of deal. And you look at that farm system, and ever since they made that trade, which I thought was a terrible trade at the time and still do to this day, of when they went out and got Adam Eaton and they gave up a whole bunch of young pitching capital, including Lucas Giolito, that's going to set them back years and years. And if you look at it now, yes, you do have the championship, so I guess it was all worth it. But now you had to pay through the nose for Strasburg because you don't have a young guy like a Giolito taking you to that next step. Great point, Joe. And let's not forget that Bryant has a grievance against Major League that's Baseball. A that's yep. a big, big issue. It's against the Cubs for, you know, holding him back and not letting his clock tick. And, you know, that is going to be settled rather quickly. And I think that's going to, you know, mix into the cake. That's another part of the recipe. So I'm, I'm not sure that he is going to be with the Cubs next year. And the, and the issue is, is for people that don't understand this, is that any team that's trading or potentially trading for Chris Bryant right now, if they were to make the deal, Bernie, they would not have resolution on knowing if they have one year of control Correct. or two years of control. If you're if you're looking at Chris Bryant as a one-year piece, then you can make that trade right now and not even have to worry about it and roll the dice, so to speak. But if you're planning on getting two years, and whether the Cubs are going to be looking for prospect capital back in uh, in two years for two years of Chris Bryant, that indeed is the issue with him, and certainly the Cubs won't be able to make that up. The other thing that I've heard is that some teams would look at Chris Bryant, Bernie, as a left fielder, which is definitely realistic also. He's played a lot of outfield for Joe Madden also. Keep that in mind, a very versatile player who can play, uh, play several positions. I will tell you this, Chris Bryant, best friends with uh, Bryce Harper, yeah, live in Las Vegas. I am not ruling out Philadelphia at all from that equation. They grew up together. Their, their fathers helped teach them how to play baseball together. Yeah, that's a good point. He could end up in Philadelphia. I really think that's yeah. what's going to happen. Josh Donaldson could end up in Washington. They're going to need a third baseman. Yeah. This is going to be very interesting, and that's another reason I think Rendon stays. Talk, talking about that trade that Washington made with the Cubs for Eaton, they gave up Ronaldo Lopez and Dane Dunning in addition to Giolito. Three 
potential yep. starting pitchers for one, I think, very mediocre center fielder who at the time of the trade was kind of iffy in the clubhouse. Not a lot of guys like to be around him. And I, I just think it was a very, very bad deal. And, Joe, you hit the nail on the head. It has come back to bite them. Well, they won a World Series again, so yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll take, well, they'll yeah, take exactly. it. Exactly. You always trade that for the World Series, but I think with the ideas at the time is, couldn't you have got that deal done with one of those pitching prospects rather than three? It was the amount that was just so shocking. They would give up so much capital in one deal for a player who had a ton of injury issues, who had trouble staying on the field. You mentioned maybe some clubhouse issues. And then on top of that was a nice complimentary player, but certainly not a difference maker, whereas Giolito was a guy that they had a high draft pick on. That I would look. I know hindsight's always twenty twenty, but at the time too, when that deal they happened, I him. did not understand it. And I understand why they soured on him. I, I get it. And look, this year he kind of put it all together, which is great. But the point is, just like in fantasy, don't overpay. Pay appropriately, because what happens is in keeper leagues and situations like this, a couple years later, you look back and you go, man, I wish I could have had at least one of those guys, because that gives me the capital to bring in a guy like Bryant. And instead, if he goes to a team like the Phillies for an Alec Brom or somebody like that, next thing you know. You know, they're the one that has the capital to pull off a big deal when you need to replace an Anthony Rendon. Yeah, well, uh, what will happen is uh, when they receive their World Series rings and give raises <laughs> and give raises to their international scouting directors for finding both Victor Robles and Juan Soto, they will say, we screwed up on that trade, but we got everything else right. right. It's part of baseball, Bernie. You've been in that sure. room before. If you're making trades and you hit on eight and you miss on two, you're doing a good job. Uh, every team makes those mistakes. The best teams in baseball, the Houston Astros, have made some major mistakes. Cutting J.D. Martinez. I mean, they, I, they, they I all make with, those. Things. I was with a club that gave up five players for Eric Bedard. Okay, how'd that? <laughs> oh wow, Adam Eric Jones Bedard. being one of them, right? Pardon me, Adam Jones. Adam Jones, sure. Yeah, being and one of them. Tillman. Tillman's the guy I screamed about. He had a great arm, but we lost him. Yeah, well, we didn't even get to fourth down here. That's how much stuff we got. <laughs> uh, coming up next, we'll return live from the winter meetings in uh, San Diego. Bernie Pleskov, Craig Mish, along with Joe Pizzapia. Plenty more to get to as we dive into more fantasy baseball discussion, and we'll go around the league and see what's happening. We'll go away. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Sports Today live at the Baseball Winter Meetings in San Diego, California. Here are your hosts, Craig Mish and Bernie Bleskoff. And welcome back, Fantasy Sports Today live from the MLB Winter Meetings. We are here in San Diego, California at the Grand Hyatt Manchester. Bernie Pleskoff and me, Craig Mish, back at home in the studio. We have Sean Guastamacchia producing and the third member of our broadcast crew today, Joe Pizzapia weighing in on all things fantasy, all things reality. We'll continue the baseball uh, discussion uh, today from 9 to 11 Pacific, noon to 2 Eastern. We will do the same thing tomorrow, and then I'll be flying back to my studio in South Florida, and I'll be back on Thursday for uh, the football discussion as we continue with the fantasy football playoffs, of which 
I'm alive in one league, heading toward uh, hopefully a championship here. But a story for another show. We just did the opening drive. You can go back and listen on demand 24-7. Uh, let's, uh, let's move on to what we would consider the um, – what I think is an important facet of fantasy baseball. Now, Bernie, fortunately, I've had the ability to do a couple of mock drafts so far. Uh, I am a big uh, proponent of not drafting in fantasy until you have to. Uh, I'm a big proponent of if you can wait until the very last minute to draft, you should. (laughs) Now, there are some very intelligent people in the fantasy industry, Bernie, that would say things like this, and they're right. If you think that you have a sleeper, and if you think that you can get ahead of the crowdsourcing and the people who have opinions on players, then, Craig, why not throw your five grand in, go online, play in the NFFC, and get ahead of it, get your guy early, and before the whole industry starts thinking of somebody in the way, then why not do it? Well, you know what it is, Bernie, for me? For every guy that I believe that I can hit on, that I think that's going to happen, I'll give you five other guys that I draft and get hurt before the season starts, and I feel like I'm an idiot. Because, yeah, great, I got my Jeff McNeil, right. but I drafted my uh, guy, my pitcher at Tommy John surgery and was out for the year. And if I would have waited, I wouldn't have drafted that player. And so, well, you for know, me, I like to wait. I don't know about you, but with the, with, you know, we're going to take a look. Basically, we're going to take a look at the first couple of rounds of a fantasy draft here. But, Bernie, that's my thought process. I'm going to tell you there are no secrets. Just like there are no secrets in Major League Baseball, everybody knows about everybody else's clubs. If you're a serious fantasy player, there are no secrets. Everybody knows the rosters of every team. Everybody knows the top prospects on every team. You do your research. You do your homework. You become prepared. And I have a lot of, of components that, that I study before I draft my team. We'll go over them a little bit a little later. later in the show, yeah. sure. But I think there are, there are several factors that, and I don't think timing has anything to do with it because you never know when a guy's going to break down. You never know when a guy is going to pull his hamstring. It, it, it's a lot of luck. Yes, it's a lot of skill, but luck is involved, Craig. There's no question. No, there is, but why not eliminate as much of the luck as you can? That's I right. Guess, I guess that's, that's my point. And it doesn't have to be done on the night before the draft, but I certainly would rather wait into mid-March because you're going to have a couple of guys that mm-hmm. are going to be hurt. And – uh, in in fantasy in general, sometimes it's better to be lucky than it is to be good, and I get that, and I understand it. But I would like as much data and information as possible, and that's what I subscribe to. Now, Joe, I know that you and I have had these conversations as well, and I do believe that there are p- very sharp people in the industry that can grab a player early before the helium sets in. Um, you know, another point, Bernie, is that uh, you know a guy will have a fantastic spring training. I think a good example of that a couple of years ago, we're going back four years, is Trevor Story on the Rockies. He, he destroyed all of spring training. Uh, I mean, I got to tell you, not a lot of people were drafting Trevor Story very high in February, but then in March he started hitting all these home runs. Guess what? Hits a home run opening day, uh, breaks the record for the most home runs by a rookie in the first 20 games of the season, and so it does happen. Uh, Joe, what is your theory on that? Well, look, you've already got NFBC leagues drafting. <laughs> you've already got a lot of best balls out there. And I think if you're going to play those kind of formats, you are obviously one of the players who has a, a lot of knowledge and depth of the pool. And that's what you're looking for. And I think when you're doing early best balls, especially what that does is it shows you, I think it favors the people who have a really good working knowledge of the prospects that are on their way up and can make an impact because you're going to have to go super deep in those drafts. You know, those 50 draft and hold, you know, kind of leagues where you got 50 man rosters, those are a whole different animal. 
Uh, I'm somebody who does like to draft end of February, early March, somewhere in there, because I don't like things too much crazy in terms of spring training really informing me. A lot of that is not important. There's very few things that are important in spring training, very few performances. Some are about those job battles. Those are important. Some about guys that you're looking for. Is this guy healthy coming off that, an injury last year? Key. Those are the little things that you take out of spring training that do matter and will bump up a guy in a certain round or two. But for the most part, I would absolutely prefer to wait longer and get a better idea of everything. But as Bernie said before, too, you know, chances are you're playing with a bunch of people who already know everything that's out there. There's not a lot to be had in terms of, uh, you know, tidbits of knowledge that everybody else doesn't have because of the media world we live in right now. So to get an edge, it's really about understanding the depth of the pool you're playing in, but most importantly, understanding the format you're playing in and how player value, which is Black Book 101, how player value is uh, dictated by format more than necessarily the player's talent. You know, you can go to spring training and a, and a pitcher's out there working on his changeup. He throws six in a row, he gets clobbered. Right. And then everybody in the media world says, oh, this guy has nothing. He's done. He's lucky. But he's out there working on perfecting a new pitch. And if you know what to look for, you know that's what he's doing. So spring training for me is to see the conditioning of players, see how a manager is going to play his players and his game, and to see if a player is healthy. That's what I look for in spring training. It's a critical point for me to see how loose a guy is on the field, the risks that are taking, that they are taking, and are they trying out a new pitch? So it means different things to different people, but it's not about results. All right, so... You know, people are probably listening, going, "Okay, so give us the names." You know, <laughs> yeah, right. give give us the players right. here. You guys have done uh, shows now for two days. Let's let's dive. Let's, uh, let's talk about. Start. Yeah, and, and we will. And, and look, we have so many uh, things happening out here in terms of free agency and uh, you know diving into where players may land. But fortunately for us today, we do have some time to do that uh, because again, so many meetings happening uh, going on. But tomorrow we'll dive more back into the guest aspect of it. Uh, first two rounds of, of fantasy baseball are always interesting because I don't think that you're ever going to win your draft in the first two rounds, but you certainly could lose it. As Bernie said, the luck factor is going to play in, and you don't know what's going to happen. We've seen players uh, two years ago and the year before that, players drafted in the first couple of rounds suspended right. for PEDs. Right. I mean, that happens too. D. Gordon, right. Starling Marte, I mean, right. these things happen. Uh, Bernie, as, as you take a quick look, and this will change, of the first 24 picks in the draft, I think we kind of know more or less the first few names who are going to be at the top. Who's moved in from last year maybe into the top 24 that you see as, as a changing landscape? I'm going to give you a surprise name and a guy that I think is creeping up that nobody talks about, and that's Josh Bell. Josh Bell is a hitter. Josh Bell you know, could be in the top 30, 30 hitters, and that's, that's due to the fact that this guy is coming off a season where he hit, what, uh, 37 home runs, drove in 116. And if I told people that, they wouldn't believe it. Now, part of that is that the ball changed, and I don't want to get into that discussion, but it certainly helped a guy like Josh Bell. 116 RBIs for a team like Pittsburgh. You know, I'm going to look at Josh Bell. Okay. Yeah, a lot of the damage Bell did was in the first half. Yeah, but that you could say that about a lot of players. That's true. You got to look at the at the uh, the game as a whole. I can the give other you a the other part of, of this is that I personally think, and this is more of the reality side of it. Maybe you can Bernie weigh in on the on the fantasy side from the reality side. I think before the winter, Bernie, that the Pirates are going to tear it all the way down. I don't know if Bell will be the last remaining guy there. I don't know if they will move him. I believe they're going to move Marte. 
Uh, oh, I, I, I believe that any viable team that feels like they can fix uh, Archer is going to take him too. I think the Pirates basically have tried to do things for four or five years, putting little band-aids over Craig, different you're pieces. you're talking about a team that traded Garrett Cole. Exactly. Of course they're going to I think it's that. going all the way down. Unbelievable. Yeah, so will Bell survive that? And if he survives, what's around him at that point? Well, that's a great question. We have to see, and that's why waiting in the draft, like you say, is a good thing. But Bell is a name... I'll give you another one. I'm not ripping the name. I'm no, just no. I'm bringing up These the counter to the argument. Guys. Yeah. These are not the you know the Jorge Soler's of the world or the Nolan Arenados. Max Kepler. There's a guy. Kepler was fantastic. He was fantastic. Yeah. And nobody talks about him. Yeah. Th- thankfully, that was a guy that I had last year. Yeah. Um, yeah Thirty six homers. A big part of Kepler last year, and, and you. All that's the a good surrounding point. guys. And batting first. Yeah. And leading off. So getting more volume right. from the line of position, Kepler should be a third or fourth round pick. And nobody talks draft about him. No one mentions him at all. That's right. And uh, going into the season, uh, the the general manager of the team said that he was uh, the breakout star. Joe, do you have anybody uh, moving in? You think into the top twenty four this year? Well, I do. But before I do that, if at the risk of making a bad dad joke, I'd like to chime in on Josh Bell because it's more than just a bad first, you know, bad second half, good first half kind of thing. When you look at him. There's some other deep stats that are a little troubling. He hit just 224 with a 761 OPS against left-handed pitching. That's not great. That's not something you're looking for. And on top of that, you do mention the bad second half. And also, most of his production came in one red-hot May where he had 12 home runs and hit 390 with a 1,200 OPS. That is not sustainable. That's something you've seen. I remember years ago we saw that with Chase Headley where he had an unbelievable stretch of of one half of a season that really was – basically one huge month and then ended up basically getting a lot of draft capital with a lot of fantasy players and they were pretty much burned on Chase Headley and I'm a little concerned with Josh Bell having a bit of that same lag effect going into 2020 because of how good he was just for the month of May and how that basically inflated all of his stats altogether except that those numbers are in your bank okay they are already in your bank in the first half you've got them they're yours and I'll take a guy like that I don't want a lot of them but I'll take a guy that is going to have a great month because those numbers are in my bank. Yeah, if it's a roto league, certainly. Head to head, it's a it's well, a completely different story disastrous. at that point. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, what we'll do is we'll take a quick timeout. What I want to do next is uh, is also get back into some of the winter meetings discussion and some of the rumors that are going on, and specifically finding players on teams that may not be competing, as Bernie mentioned, like Pittsburgh. Would the San Francisco Giants shell out a ton of money for Nick Castellanos? And why in the world would they do that? We'll talk about that next on Fantasy Sports Today. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. And now we return live to the Hyatt in San Diego, California for Fantasy Sports Today at the Baseball Winter Meetings. Here are your hosts, Craig Mish and Bernie Pleskoff. And welcome back. We are live at the Grand Hyatt Manchester, San Diego, California, the site of the MLB Winter Meetings. Bernie Pleskoff and Craig Mish. 
broadcasting on the second floor. If you guys are in the area, you want to uh, stop on by. It's pretty easily accessible to uh, to fans and people who are watching. There is a rope, but you know you can see everything that's going on. And we are broadcasting next to MLB Network Television and Yahoo Sports. Uh, great location. We want to thank the uh, Hyatt for definitely putting us at a great spot. Uh, also, thanks to the great people over at Sports Grid and also David Katz and the Elvis Duran Group. Uh, setting this up a, uh, a fantastic area for us to be able to broadcast. And all the guests that we've had on yesterday and we'll have on tomorrow as well, we'll talk about that. Uh, Joe Pizapia back in New Jersey and uh, Sean Guastamacchia, our producer on the live broadcast today. Want to make sure we mention them as well. Um, report earlier today caught me a little bit by surprise. I feel like I have a good beat on the teams that, that are the haves and the have-nots. And for many years, the San Francisco Giants under Brian Sabian – and um, and Bobby Evans, Evans, Bobby Evans. But who was recently let go, right. uh, I thought did the right thing. You had a fan base that is passionate. You had a stadium that sells out every game. Uh, fans that you could say what you want about the San Francisco 49ers, but the Giants are just as popular in oh, the city. Yeah. And so regardless of what the scenario was, they would throw bad money at players. They would throw bad money at Matt Cain, Tim Lincecum, Hunter Pence, Evan Longoria, and Andrew McCutcheon, Sandoval. But they, but what they did is they didn't do it the right way, but they attempted financially to put a, a good product on the field. Well, finally that came to an end this offseason, Bernie, and they decided to go in another direction, which is bringing in the great Farhan Zaidi, who I think is going <laughs> to do a phenomenal job for them because he's going to do what he did in L.A., uh, which, we'll is, which is mix and match and put these little pieces together, and uh, you know we'll see if Gabe Kapler works out there. I fully expected this offseason to be one where the Giants, we have a hard time finding fantasy guys on the Giants. Like, I fully expected going into this season. I thought, as of a few days ago, that it's a teardown situation. And in fact, when their Vegas win total comes out in a couple of months from now, I'll probably look at that one as my favorite under of all, because they always seem to get some helium and love. I don't see a scenario where they win 65, 70 games. I think they end up being one of the worst teams in baseball. Then this report comes out, that they are interested in Nick Castellanos, who I think is a good player, who I think will help them quite a bit, but almost takes me back to what they have done the last couple of years, which is, again, Band-Aids on a situation which right. isn't going to help you win a lot of games. So what do you think the thought – you've been in the room before, Bernie. What do you think the thought process is as to bringing in Castellanos, and if there was ever a fantasy value that would get annihilated with a signing, him going to San Francisco, to me – I don't know that I would bet on 80% of what he did last year. Well, I don't know who the real Nick Castellanos is. I saw a very bad hitter uh, early in his career. He was fooled on breaking balls. You know, he started his career without wearing batting gloves. And it, it, ultimately, he changed and started wearing the batting gloves. And actually, he got better. He he isn't a clank in, in on defense, but he's not a good right fielder. He wasn't a good third baseman. And you've got to, with the winds in San Francisco, W-I-N-D-S, in San Francisco, you've got a problem if you're not a good defensive outfielder. I think he's the wrong guy to go after. If you're going to throw money at someone, throw it, after, uh, throw it out at uh, Rendon or somebody like that. Castellanos is one of many, many, many outfielders that are out there that you can get. But, you know, he is a name. People do, do know him. That happens to be the worst hitter's park for home runs, okay? So that's why we do not, as a rule, um, draft a lot of San Francisco Giants players. But 
they haven't been winning in the last couple of years. Long story short, I'm not sure that they're going to get him. I do think there's a lot of bidding on him. The White Sox want him. Right. And he fits better with the White Sox than he does with the Giants. Yeah, I, I feel like, Joe, that this is uh, <clears throat> a signal to the fan base to say, hey, look, just because we're not getting anything doesn't mean we're not trying. But, Joe, in the end, when we look at some of the teams, and we'll have shows where we'll talk about the gems on the bad teams because there are gems. Make no mistake about it. We'll find someone on Baltimore. We'll find someone on Kansas City. We'll find somebody yeah. on uh, on Detroit. I mean, they'll have fantasy stars this year. Right. Not in reality, but fantasy stars. Joe, I'm going to put the Giants probably in the end in that category. Uh, aging Longoria, aging Buster Posey. It's uh, it, it's not going to be a great fantasy scenario, and I would be very hesitant if Castellanos ended up there. I think it would be nice for the city. I think it would be nice for the team. I do not think that that would be good for his fantasy value. No, it definitely wouldn't, and I don't know how hard they're trying. I think this might be a little bit more of the dog and pony show to satiate the fan base who is, like you said, used to being in it, used to being competitive, used to being relevant, and they're frankly not going to be relevant. And the pipeline is questionable. Yes, they have Joey Bart, who I think is a terrific talent. The question is, are you going to keep him a catcher? I think that's a giant mistake. If you really believe this guy is that good, you do what you do. With, you take a Carlos Delgado out from behind the plate, and you make him an everyday first baseman, and you take a little bit of that wear and tear. If you believe his bat is that good, you should take him out from behind the plate. Helio Ramos is a nice young player, but struggled in double-A last year. So the problem is they have young guys who aren't quite ready to take over, and the older guys are becoming quickly immovable as well, which is very difficult. Who's taking on a Longoria? Nobody. Is anyone going to take on a Posey? Probably not. So you're kind Crawford of stuck here. Shortstop. Craw yeah, th this is a, it's a difficult sell right now because you don't have a lot of pieces that are very appealing to other teams. And on top of that, you look at the pitching. And I think the pitching, I'm sure Bernie can speak to this too. Uh, yes, you know, God bless Johnny Cueto for coming back last year and, and showing you a little something. But Johnny Cueto, Jeff Samarja after that, Good luck. I mean, this is a very difficult rotation. And uh, let's just say that now that they've traded a lot of the bullpen guys and let some of those guys out of the cage too, I don't know where the innings are coming from when you look at the staff as a whole as a 40-man roster. Yeah, it's pretty sad. And they didn't offer Pilar a contract, and he's a very good defensive center fielder. Yes. If you have a weak pitching staff, one thing you really need is a good up-the-middle you know, defensive club. And they let Pilar walk. Yeah. That's, that surprised me. Yeah, no no one expected the Giants to be, by the way, as good as they were last year. They actually competed right, they didn't right until the end. And they, and they kept Bumgarner, and, um, and no one really expects Bumgarner to go back there. Uh, the other team that's making a little news today, let's touch on this uh, briefly, is the Minnesota Twins. And, uh, and Bernie, I think that, you know, knowing the American League Central like you do, I think that it is a prime time for another team if they want to try and jump in and, and step over the Indians like the Twins did. Uh, in order for the Twins to do this again, they're going to have to bolster the starting pitching. I think it goes without saying. Uh, reports this morning, they're in on Hunjin Ryu. They're in on Dallas Keuchel, maybe even in on Madison Bumgarner. They have arguably, I mean, there's no argument. They had the most home runs, right, last year yeah, in baseball, right. so they can hit. But you think that they end up getting one of those pitchers? It would seem well, like behind Barrios, they need somebody. Let's see if they, they, they pay for it. I mean, I, I still want to see them write the checks, and I'm not sure they're going to do that. They don't have a history of doing it. You know, Nelson Cruz is another year older, although he's a miracle man. I don't know how he's doing it, but he's doing it. Um, they've got Sano, right, mm -hmm. who who knows yeah. what he's going to be. But he's still another dangerous bat in the, in the middle of the lineup. 
Buxton is the biggest puzzle I've ever seen in baseball. <laughs> I clearly do not know if this guy is going to come back or if he'll play 100 games or, you know, knock himself into the wall and be out for three months Keeps again. Happening. Yeah. But, you know, he they have a good good hitting baseball. I love I love the two other players that fly under the radar, Rosario and Polanco. Oh, they're great. I mean, they, they really absolute are. monsters last yeah. year. and Nobody um, talks about them. No one ever talks about yeah. either of those. In fact, they were <laughs> like talk, we you know, said about Kepler. the Minnesota, the, some of the Minnesota media were making the point that maybe they trade Eddie Rosario for a pitcher, which would which would surprise me as well. But I, I think that, Joe, any of the landing spots from any of those pitchers would certainly uh, you know, help the Twins um, if, if they're going to compete in that division I, I or win the division. I think that there is a good spot for them to win 90 to 100 games if they can get one of those top pitching options. Oh, absolutely. And plus, then you would bump Berrios back if you get a bump garner. That'd be huge. The fact that Odorizzi came back on that uh, qualifying offer, I think, was uh, very surprising to me. But I think a great win for this team in Minnesota. And you know, part of the reason why people didn't talk about Polanco was because of that PED suspension. And a lot of people got sour on him because of that. And he was basically a free player. People dropped him a couple years ago and you picked him up. He was been pretty good ever since. And you're right. Rosario does not get enough attention either. You know, the smaller media market, some of these guys don't get the attention they should. Byron Buxton is definitely a guy that, you know, I, I remember having an argument with Jonathan Mayo on another show years ago about Buxton. Uh, versus uh, Chris Bryant, and you know, they were all kind of in that same group together, and I didn't get why he liked Buxton so much more as this guy, and I, and I get it. Everyone falls in love with the tools. He reminds me a little bit of Eric Davis, a guy who was a better athlete necessarily than a baseball player, but as time went on became a better baseball player as kind of the athleticism kind of eroded away. But unfortunately, he's never been able to stay healthy. All the injuries in the minor leagues that he has really set back that development time and time again for Bucks. And so he never really got those full seasons in the minor leagues where he could really, you know, go through development properly. And then he kind of got thrown to the wolves back and forth. And he is definitely an enigma, a guy that I think you tend to stay away from. I'm sure everybody would rather have Max Kepler than Byron Buxton going into the season. You feel better about that. But I would say you're right. Uh, this Twins team, I think, is one pitcher away and maybe a second baseman. Maybe a guy like a Scooter Gannett who has, you know, had some really good moments with Cincinnati, some injury issues, but he's still just 30. And I think he would fit in very well to what they do over there, which is hit home runs. Okay, I have a couple thoughts about this, you know, with the Twins. I'm not sure you're going to see Odorizzi repeat what he did. I think that was an outlier. I might be wrong. But after him, you've got um, Smeltzer. Dobnik and Thorpe as the three, four, <laughs> They and love five. Thorpe, by the way. Yeah, I love Thorpe, too. And let's not forget Willens Astudidio. Man, can that guy hit. You know, he looks like Pablo Sandoval. Uh, his physicality is not what you would consider to be a baseball player. This guy just hits. Yeah, well, last year, if you remember, and I believe it was in August where well, he got hurt, but August, September, they called up Luis Arias, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, my, yeah. And he put himself, you know, basically in the spotlight for that team. He was probably the best call-up late in the season of any player in baseball. He was he was. But you got to be careful of those September numbers sometimes, guys, because sometimes those September numbers, you're getting a lot of quad A pitching. You guys know a lot of a lot of middle relief that shouldn't be up in the major leagues, and sometimes guys get inflated numbers off that. But they're an interesting team. If they could get two two pitchers, not one, they need two starters, and they need to shore up their bullpen. Yeah, Trinan is a name that it says that they're interested in. Yeah, that's in a today. possibility. Yeah. I don't see how, you know, he's out on the market, but he is. 
So let's see what happens. It's very early, but the Twins, as an Indians fan, the Twins scare me. And in two years, the White Sox are going to be scarier than they are now. And it's going to be three teams in that division. It could be. That could be very, very It very well could be for sure. We'll wait on the Royals till 2027. Right, right. Right. That'll be 10 years for them. All right, uh, so uh, here's what we'll do. We... uh, We've reached the end of the first hour of our live broadcast. So coming up in just a couple of minutes, what we're going to do is we play back a little clip of the best of what we do in the first hour of the show. Then in hour number two, we're going to take a even deeper dive here in fantasy. And uh, we'll recap some of the things that are happening around the league. Also take a look at how you construct a fantasy baseball roster for 2020. And then all of the... Hot stove news is here to follow. Any kind of information or any breaking news, we will also break that down for you here on the show. Don't forget, you can follow us on Twitter at Craig Mish, at Bernie Pleskoff, at Joe Pizapia17. Also, our Twitter at FNTSY Radio. Make sure that you follow us and send us any messages that you want and any questions that you have. And what we'll do is answer those questions for you live on the radio. Don't forget, download our app. FNTSY Radio. The iHeartRadio app also plays the show live as well as TuneIn Radio. Hour number one is done. Hour number two is coming up next, so don't go anywhere. More of our live broadcast from the Grand Hyatt Winchester in San Diego, California. We'll be back with plenty more right here on FNTSY Radio. Don't go away. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Sports Today live at the Baseball Winter Meetings in San Diego, California. Here are your hosts, Craig Mish and Bernie Pleskoff. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. A big shoe did drop yesterday with that Steven Strasburg signing. Uh, slightly curious. You wonder, are they paying for what he did last year as a reward? Are they trying to make him <laughs> the greatest Washington national ever and kind of make him that storied figure in the franchise now that Bryce Harper is gone? Because one can argue when Harper left, there was part of an identity crisis possibly there. We know Max Scherzer is aging on. We understand uh, how baseball works. Not everybody's going to play forever. But I did think it was a lot of years for a guy who has only two 200 inning seasons to his credit one of which was last year in the contract year and only three 200 strikeout seasons as well because of the limited innings so i'm curious what you guys think of not only the signing but also the amount of years he got compared to how many incompletes he has on his record so far in terms of his resume 
Well, Joe, and he's injury prone. That's that's what makes you shake your head and scratch your head. You know, is this guy going to be able to live out his contract? And I guess the insurance policy on him is going to be extensive. And you know, baseball doesn't pay anymore for what you did in the past. They're paying for what you're going to do in the future. Those days of rewarding people for their past contributions are long behind us. So they obviously think that he is going to take them to another World Series or two because that length is pretty, pretty scary if I'm a general manager. I, I think that what we've had in the past, Bernie, is a lot of contracts that were given out to players, let's say, uh, eight to ten years ago. Albert Pujols, yeah, good, Miguel example. Cabrera, mm -hmm. right. Right. Justin Verlander. I mean, these were players that were given contracts for what they uh, have done in the past That's right. and not what they would do in the future. Ryan Howard is another one of those on the Philadelphia Phillies. To me, this is the first contract in a while that is in that category, that I don't think there is any chance that whether it's a fantasy league or reality, that when Steven Strasburg, Bernie, is 39 years old, that they're going to still be paying dividends on that deal. But but this is a good sign, I think, for baseball yeah, that this it, is getting done because even if the contract doesn't work out, it, it, it shows that teams aren't crying poor. Right, and we're, we're tired of hearing that. Fans are tired of hearing that, tired of hearing the Cubs say, well, look, we can't afford to, you know, to keep these guys around like Chris Bryant, etc." Please, give me a break. There's plenty of money to go around in baseball.